It is time for our iTunes reviews. iTunes, iTunes reviews. reviews. <laughs> you guys are on the same period today. Oh my, you know? yeah. oh my god, we're so good. Yeah. yeah, you did that. You ended another episode today together. It was magical. <laughs> it was like whoa. It's very sweet. Sometimes you guys. <clears throat> So we had 19 reviews this week. 19. 19. Yeah. See, you know, it's not see what I mean? Bad. See what I mean? Adam's favorite age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that joke That's how he prefers them. That joke works for you. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, you're, you're, that's, that was a horrible comeback. That, that's your lane. Oh, that's, no. That's yeah. a horrible. That's the equivalent. Any? That's like me going to someone and be like, hey, man, you're fat. And they'll be like, no, you're fat. Dude, like, you're fat. No, 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 better no. One than that, that is a good comeback. That's because every anybody. I'm like, is. yeah, I'm like rubber. You're glue. Yeah. Everything, everything you say is poo. All right, yeah. go ahead, Doug. All right, so we're gonna give out five shirts this week, starting with Fit Lavie, K Motto's one. She just now got a shirt. Fit Lavie. She's one of our favorite wow. girls. That's my girl, she, man. They're like uh, everything. She, good for her. Yeah. Patrick Boger, mm. Fit Navy 2012, a Navy pilot in the Navy. And our final one goes to Pumphead, not Kermit. Pumphead, not Kermit. Well, fuck Whoa. you. <laughs> so he likes me and Adam. You don't get shit. And yeah. So send your hmm. name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, your shipping address, your shirt size, and we'll get that right over and to you. And don't forget, if you want to leave a review... Click on the podcast icon on your phone. You got to search it. Even you got even if you subscribe. Even if you're already subscribed to the podcast, it's you like, still who's mind pump? Search. I don't know. I'm searching. Search. Yeah. Type in the search function. Mind pump two words. Click on the icon when it comes up, and then there's a little tab. Click on it. it says reviews. Leave a review. You could win a free car or a t-shirt, uh, whichever one we uh, have. A t-shirt, not a car. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump, Mind Pump, with your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So today we got a chance, uh, you know, we're going to our Q&A and somebody was asking a question about the deadlifts and why uh, so many IFBB pros don't do them. And this was one of the things that I was so excited about when we created Maps Black. and the, Maps Aesthetic. Yeah, Maps Aesthetic. Uh, absolutely there are deadlifts in there and there's a reason why there is. And the programming behind that is designed specifically to target lagging body parts. It's exactly how I would get ready for any show. So I took a lot of the concepts from the original maps anabolic and we melded them together with the same way that you would train to get yourself stage ready by developing any sort of lagging body parts. So that's really the science behind uh, maps aesthetic and to neglect a movement like that would be silly. So that's probably one of the most number one things I see wrong with programs out there. So maps aesthetic, one of our more popular programs, uh, has the focus sessions that Adam's talking about. It's phased workouts. Um, it's a very effective program. Lots of our competitors like to use it and the aesthetically driven, uh, customer uh, loves using our, the our mass mankini enthusiasts. Exactly. You can find that program and others at mindpumpmedia.com. You look good today, Adam. Thank you. You got your jeans on. I know, right? I have to paint the picture for the listeners. <laughs> you posted a picture. How about that? You, well, you yeah, did. you can go on my Instagram you at mindpumpsout. No, you got your jeans, but then you... <laughs> you you kind of pegged them. You that, pegged them, but yeah. you didn't really peg them, though. You just rolled them up a little it's, bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is you that, didn't do the full pegging? Sometimes I do. Do you really? Yeah. And then you got your, I don't know, your special shoes, whatever you talk special about. Special shoes. You know, you <laughs> say, oh, these are one of the kind. Nobody has these shoes. I don't say, do that again. How do I say it? Yeah, no, it, that's exactly what you did this morning. Yeah. I gave you a compliment because you do. You look good today. Well, yeah. And I'm like, damn, you look, you look good, bro. And he comes in and he's like, 
He's like, yeah, and I got these. Uh, I got my. I don't know what. He, I don't know what they're called. My something something shoes. You know, one <laughs> of a kind. Nobody this is else. The has, first time I've nobody ever else has seen because I've seen you wear these shoes before. It was the first time I've ever seen you be able to match them. Well, that's the, that's why you don't see me wear them a lot. Yeah, they're a special pair of shoes that don't come out because they're uh, rare shoes. But and I, and part of the reason why I don't they don't come out that often is there's not a lot of things that go with. Uh, green. I don't. In gold. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't wear a lot of green, so that's it's not a. Uh, uh, you, I, I do. Yeah, you could probably you could probably rock the shoes more than I could. I just don't wear a lot of green. It's like it's green. almost like a um, hmm, Freddy Krueger, kind of like a candy cane. It's a Freddy, but Kr- not the white candy cane. You it's, know, what I'm talking about the green and red. They're Freddy Krueger edition. Oh mm. shit! It is. And you see, those, those are splatters of paint, and they're it looks like blood. Uh, yeah, but why? That's, why the bought, green though? That's what that the, was he, he used to wear, the sh- dude. The shoes he used to wear are, green. No, Remember, the, he wore the green and red shirt. No, it wasn't green. It was it was like or was it no, black? It was black no, or like no, uh, it, was, it was green. Gray. It was green and red. It was, it was green. Yes, it was green and red. Dude, oh. Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's it, look that up yeah, real quick. Let's oh, Freddy. Yeah, check it. Check we got to look that up. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I'm, while so, we do that, maybe I have no idea. What I'm so, what's the special? I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. It is. It's red and green. Son of a bitch. Well, look. Well, look at that. Hey, you know what's funny? My I, whole childhood just went upside down. I didn't disagree with you, so I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't wrong. Yeah. So this is not. It wouldn't have been the first time I was wrong. Okay, uh, I, was still, I, was, I was in the clear. Almost. So, but what we is caught you twice? What's dude. the name of the shoe that was so special? You said something. You said these are something. Somethings. The the ASIC the ASIC shoes are are normal, but Kit Casso is a guy who paints. That's on, the name. He paints on Kikasso. shoes. Yeah, and I hate shouting him out because I actually had. Uh, I was really <laughs> the reason why I never did shout him out. He, I bought these shoes um, over a year ago, and when Mind Pump was first just kind of growing, uh, you know, I'm fuck. I'm of course I'm going to leverage the show and say, hey, listen, I'll mention, hey, I'll, I'll mention <laughs> you on the show if you hook hook a guy up, right? And I said, if if you're not into it, that's not your thing, then that's cool. I'll, I I want a pair of shoes anyways, and I'm not fucking a cheap ass. So I'm not going to not buy them. So I bought them. But then what I was really irritated was not only did he not want to hook me up and send me with a pair of free shoes and I would give him love. What a dick. They don't want to send you free shoes. What well, kind of an asshole is that? Shut up, oh, bro. Sorry. Let me finish before you make me look like an okay, asshole. <laughs> I put that out there as an opportunity for him and a, a, it would be mutually beneficial. I love shoes. He could hook me up with a pa- one pair of shoes. I could talk about it, give him some love. And this was before, and he his business has been taking off, and uh, some people I'm sure already know who he is that are listening, especially if you're a shoe person. Is he an artist or something? Is that what he is? Yeah, well, and he does this to shoes. He's gotten so big now, he does Odell Beckham's. You know who Odell, Odell Beckham is? I have yeah, no idea. Of course you don't. So he's a he's a, a special wide receiver that plays yeah, for the Giants. Giants. And he he does his cleats, his, his gloves, and they, he customizes them. They're fucking super dope. So... He does a lot of cool work, and um, he's, a, he's so he's an artist who paints on shoes, and so I, he's got a lot of pairs that I really like. Well, anyways, when he when I ordered these things, he, like I, I paid for them, and they're not cheap. Like the shoe already, the ASIC shoe alone is like a hundred eighty dollars shoe. Well, then if you have an artist paint on top of it, it's a few hundred dollars on top of that. So I paid I paid a couple bucks for these fucking shoes, and it took him like literally over a month or a month and a half to get them to me. <laughs> And I remember like DMing him and like following up and he's like, oh my God, so sorry. And he, of course he gave me some like business excuse, but I thought to myself, wait a second. I first asked you, asked you to work something out like this. You kind of blew me off. You didn't do it. I still bought the shoes anyways, because that's that I want. And then you took forever. And then you took forever. And then you didn't think of a way to like, hey bro, pick a pair of shoes out half off on me or I'll do it for free or some sort of love. Nothing. Just fucking sit my shit. Damn. So they cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you're wearing them 
And you're that's, wearing them that's in kind public. Of pur- that's the purpose of well, it. Well, I mean, I thought maybe you'd save them because they went up in value or something. Well, I do. They do, and I do, and I do hold them, and I keep them. I keep, that's why they look nice. They Let look, me see the bottom. They look, look the bottom. You, you stepped them. in gum. Yeah, it ruins the value, dude. Yes, yeah, I take care of them. Are know? they yak lined, like yak fur lined on the inside or something no, like that? No, not that crazy. They're 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 pretty normal shoes. They're not that crazy. Mm. You can see them on in Sal's Instagram. He posted them up there <laughs> already, so you can. see I was. Um, I don't know. I think I might have cut that part out, or did I? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even look to see. Yeah. Did you? No, I think actually no. I think it's full body because we have our cool new shirts on, which mm-hmm. don't cost hundreds of dollars, <laughs> but no. are ju- are equally as amazing and I mean, limited. Very valuable. Are the shoes in there, Douglas? Mm-hmm. And okay. limited. Good job. Our shirts yeah. are limited. Mm. They are. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. So I want to mention that to people. So um, a lot. Of, I've had quite a few people ask us like, "How come you guys never talk about the shirts on the show?" Except for like that you did right now on the side note, because if you're probably looking for the shirt Sal's talking about, it's probably already sold yeah, out. Yeah. We only do limited runs. If you're on the forum, you get first, you first get, dibs, man. They know yeah, first. They know so first. we always let the forum know at least a day or two before the general public knows where we announce it on the it, on the website or put it out there. And you get always you get fifty percent off all of our shirts. So whatever the price is, it's always fifty percent off whatever that is uh all the time for the forum members. So uh, that's kind of the perk of, of being in there. And it's and we also want to keep it limited and special for that's part of the deal why we when we create the forum, we wanted to always do that. So we're not a t shirt company. We're not trying to build a t shirt company. We just know that there is there is a need and we'd like to do cool uh, different ideas and we like to offer it to our private forum first and let them know. So most of the time they get sold out. So if you're somebody who's pissed off that, you know, you never get your size or whatever, because I've gotten some inboxes is they are limited. We only buy X amount when they, we sell out, we sell out, we're not bringing them back type of deal, or at least we have no plans of doing it anytime soon. So that's one of the perks. You can keep them in the package, never wear them, and they will go up in value. Uh, yeah, they will. <laughs> maybe. Like black maybe. market. Or, yeah. If you're really smart, maybe you get on it really quick. You buy up all the most popular sizes, then you turn around and sell them on eBay for twice yeah. the price because they are nice tri-blend shirts. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, you could be a dick and yeah, do that. We, do, we, we did get pretty good quality stuff. Can we make so. a flannel? Yeah. For Justin, can we? no, for everybody. I've been like asking Justin this forever. forever. You have. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to start the trend of uh, the flannel and, with RVCA shirts yeah, or shorts. Yeah, or just the shorts that you know are like gym shorts. Yeah, yeah, gym shorts with flannel is. I don't definitely know if anybody else can get away very with unique. I, see, look, <laughs> right? it is very unique. Look, like, it's very unique. Like you wear it, you yeah. look okay. You look good. If Adam wore it, wouldn't look good. If I wore it, wouldn't look good. But that's why I do it. I don't want to be like. Doug you guys. could probably do it though. Yeah. Doug could probably Yeah, he could probably do it. Doug can kind of do anything he wants. He pretty yeah, much can. Yeah, I think but so. Justin looks the best in the flannel I, and the yeah. random Thank you. athletic shorts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> oh shit. Oh, it did shit. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Carlos Benitez760. Can Liss or Neat during a strength phase, hinder gains. Excellent. Lists. Lists or neat? Like, like a list? Do you think, do you think maybe... I think, got a list. Do you think maybe he <laughs> he means more like hit? That's neat. 
No, I no, he's talking about uh, low intensity steady state cardio. I'm very like, aware of what he's talking yeah. about, but why would you even think that low intensity or neat could affect would affect something? I think like- he's coming from the position of can too much other activity limit uh strength gains during a strength phase of training. Okay. I mean, in yeah, I mean anything could, right? Yeah. If I It would take a lot though. It, it, yeah, it would, it would take a lot. Um I there's a the there's likelihood a, of you doing it uh, in, you would have to I think you would intentionally have to to almost try, right? Where where would somebody cuz we're not talking about like a marathon runner. Well, let's say if right? let, okay, let's look at neat. Let's say you're a construction worker mm. and you're you know, you're you're shoveling sand okay, and shit good, like okay, that. Okay, okay, good example. That's already enough. I get I get where you're going. Yeah, yeah okay, that makes so sense. So can can that limit okay. strength? Um if your body's adapted, I think you're okay. I think of course there's 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 two extremes here. Um, there's a myth, and I, I believe the, the the root of this question is based on the myth of uh, muscle building, where if you do any kind of cardio, mm-hmm. it's going to take away from gains. Like you don't oh no, lift weights and then go sit on the couch and rest and build muscle, and then that's all you and eat, and yeah. that's all you do if you want to get maximum you know strength and size, which is false. That's false. Um, if anything, some form of cardiovascular training uh, will probably benefit. Your strength gains because you become healthier. I don't see. I don't see how being unhealthy is going to make you stronger. Right. You know what I'm saying? Of course, we have extreme athletes uh, like the extreme powerlifters that just eat tremendous amounts of food, uh, just lift heavy, and they're you know well, these big rotund athletes. With, yeah, it goes along with the extreme bulking kind of you know mentality that goes with that where. You know, people just want <laughs> they think calories in and out. So versus like me expending calories, you know, it's more worth me just not moving at all and sitting down and then eating a, a ton to be in a surplus. Uh, you know, and so people people will like look at like any form of cardio is like the devil. I I build muscle better when I'm consistent with my cardiovascular activity. Now I'm not going crazy with it. You know, it's not that's not the root uh, or or core I should say of my programming. But uh, I noticed that I, I have better resistance training workouts when I have some type of cardiovascular training uh, involved as well. Number one, because it gives me more endurance. So I'm able to you know, do more reps when I'm lifting weights. Number two, I feel healthier. Uh, and I think better health always contributes to better gains. Um, do, doesn't matter what, your gain, what gains you're after. If you're healthier, it's probably better. But there's an extreme, right? Like if you're doing two hours of cardio every single day, will that take away from muscle building? Of course. Mm. You're sending a signal to your body that's saying, you know, become very efficient with calories. You're going to be burning lots of calories doing this, you know, monotonous activity. And so then your body tries to adapt by reducing the amount of muscle you can carry because, you know, muscle is a very expensive tissue, right? It burns lots of calories. Well, it also takes calories that could be partitioned to going to building muscle to being utilized as energy too. Yeah. So, and that's where when you brought the analogy up of uh, the, you know, contractor, that makes a lot of sense that way because this reminds me of, you know, the struggle I had, you know, in my early, early 20s of playing basketball, training clients. I was moving a lot, you know, so I'm doing a lot of lists, right? Well, basketball would be considered cardio, but the rest is just, you know, would be considered lists or neat. And I had a really hard time gaining, you know, and building size because I just couldn't quite, I couldn't eat enough calories. So I couldn't eat enough to, for what I was burning. So if I could see it uh, hindering strength gains, if you're, if this is you, if you're somebody who struggles with putting weight on and like you feel like you eat everything and you already have a hard enough time well then yeah adding lists or adding neat into your routine uh yeah. i could see definitely hindering but still you're, what you're mentioning is 
on the more intensive side, like, cause that's, what's normal to you, right? Like doing athletic uh, activities or doing normal things throughout your day that might be a little more intense than, than most. I th- whereas I feel like lists are neat. Like we're focused a little bit more on, on the recovery element of it and in the blood circulation and, you know, getting, getting your body to, to heal and repair, uh, you know, that's going to do nothing but benefit your strength gains. You know, when I, I remember, because I've been lifting weights for a long time, right? I started lifting weights at the age of uh, pretty consistently at 13, 14 years old. And I used to, every summer, I would go um, help my dad um, with his work. And he used to own a company where, he, you know, he was a tile setter. So he'd lay stone and marble and granite, all that stuff. And when I went with him and helped him, I would do all the grunt work, right? So I would do all the you know the the shoveling of the sand and the cement and the cement. I'd mix the cement. I'd carry the cement into the you know uh, into the house where he would you know float the the mud and do all that stuff. So I was doing tons of activity, and I noticed uh, the opposite. I actually built more muscle when I would do that from probably from handling the shovel and handling the buckets and doing all that stuff. It wasn't so intense that it was killing me, mm. but I was being active. Versus when I didn't do that, it was like school and weights, and that was pretty much it. It was I, I wasn't a super you know, active kid. Otherwise, I wasn't play, like you guys playing tons and tons of sports. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, I know Adam. You're talking about how it made it hard for you to gain weight, but I'm wondering if what kind of weight? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You know, what yeah. kind of weight? And also, if it was hard for you to gain muscle anyway. You know what I mean? Because mm. of the way you trained and you don't really understand nutrition that yeah, well I know because that, your age. That's why it's debatable for sure. You know I mean, what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I don't think it's something you really would have to. I think the only person that I would even think that would consider doing that would be that person. That extreme, yeah, yeah that you know, activity yeah, yeah, all day long. I just can't, yeah, I'm, I'm moving tons already. Like, you know, I'm stepping 15 to 20,000 steps. That's a lot, you know? If you're somebody who's stepping 15, 20,000 steps because you have a job that requires you to move a lot throughout the day and you're already got a fast metabolism and you move and you're doing this and then you have a hard time and you don't have a huge appetite, like... Then I could understand that. Other than that, I wouldn't worry you about You want to consider too... I wouldn't be going out of my... Let's put it, I wouldn't be going out of my way to not move because I, I'm trying right. to be stronger. And so you want to be, you know? and you want to consider this: like the human body has an incredible capacity for workload, way more than most people even come close to realizing. the The, the problem is, is that we've become such sedentary, lazy, weak uh, animals that we don't realize we don't know what our capacity for work is. But if you don't believe me, go to some countries where people, since they're children. Uh, you know, our, our bus are working very, very hard and you'll find people in their seventies who can outwork you on a regular basis. Don't get sore. Don't feel nothing from it. And it's not a big deal. Well, I don't, do you, don't, you remember reading this? I don't remember where I read this first, but do you remember uh, seeing stuff like the average female could consume like 4,500 calories in a day without putting on fat, like back in like, you know, we're talking like a few hundred years ago when she had to go out and on just the, so active. Well, yeah, you were up in the more first thing in the morning of, you know, four or 5 a.m. on the farm and moving chickens oh, yeah, and cows yeah. and doing physical labor. And then you had to kill your food and then, you know, and skin it and do all this, all this manual labor just to consume. Like you put in more, more burning calories of preparing and getting your meal ready than you did actually consuming yeah. your meal. Like, yeah. We're in a different time now. You just you know? have a we, you, the human body, and it takes time. By the way, I'm, I'm not saying right now. If you're listening, like, oh great, Sal said I have this huge capacity for work. I'm gonna go do all this shit because no, uh, you'll hurt yourself, you'll burn yourself out. Um, your body's not used to. It. it takes a long time. But if you're a construction worker, like the example example I used before, and you've been doing it for 15 years every single day or five days a week or whatever, and that's been your job forever, and then you go lift weights, you're gonna build muscle. Your body's so adapted to that construction work. It isn't bothering you anymore. Now, if you took, 
you know, uh, if you take me right now who, you know, I do a podcast for a living and I lift weights and that's pretty much it. And you go have me hammer nails, you know, eight hours in a day. It's going to burn the fuck out of my arm. My forearms are going to be fried. My biceps are going to be fried. My shoulders will be fried. It'll take me a long time before that doesn't have, you know, potential negative effects on me, you know, in comparison to uh, or how it influences my resistance training. But the human body's got an incredible amount of uh, uh, capacity for work. So if you're one of those people that's like, oh, you know, I work at UPS and I move boxes, you know, for hours a day and I've been doing it for the last seven years, like, don't worry about that, dude. Your body's pretty adapted. It's it, it's going to be okay. Go lift weights and you'll build muscles well, that, like anybody else. That being said, that's also something I think it's important that people realize that when they do have some of that, they try and they think that they're considered really, really active people. When it's like, dude, you are because you have a job that does that, but you that doesn't compute the same. That doesn't justify you eating this way because your body is so used to that workload that you're not really burning that much as you think you are. And you and become you, very efficient. Yes. Your body learns how to become very efficient. Like if you put me in a pool and have me swim, I'm going to burn a lot of fucking calories. I'm not going to go very far. Versus somebody who swims every single day and is really, really good with the technique. And they just become very efficient. Their, becomes, yeah. their body becomes very efficient. That's why you got to interrupt it. Yeah. Know? You yeah. got to come in and interrupt the process to, to be able to overcome new stimulus. Yeah. So I, be, I guess the bottom line is if you're uh, doing a uh, you know, normal amount of knee and activity uh, or you're doing 30 minutes you know, of cardio you know, four days a week or something like that, a low intensity, it's not going to hinder your strength gains uh, at all. Curtism, 1978-2000. Why do most diets fail long-term? Uh, easy, because it's a diet. Right. Yeah. Because it's a- You just put a label on it, man. It's a structured, you know, specific uh, way of eating. I'll, I'll use a very- Let's talk about a, uh, a, a kind of an extreme example. Let's talk about vegans, okay? Vegans have a pretty strict uh, diet where they only eat foods that are not animal-based- um, and some of them go as far as not even eating honey because it comes from from bees. When you do studies on vegans who are following a diet, because it is a diet, right? They have that's the, the way that they eat. Vegans that follow their diet for moral reasons um, have a pretty good uh, track record of consistency. So if, if if they're eating, if they're vegans because they believe they love animals, they love animals. Anything that hurts animals, they they really it's like it's like part of their it's part of their who they are. It's almost like a religion to them then they stick to it pretty well. Vegans who eat vegan for health have because a horrible... Because the better way to eat. Yeah, they have a horrible track record. And that's all diets. Like, if you follow a diet because it's your belief system, like if you eat, you know, a particular way because you're Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim or whatever, or you're a Seventh-day Adventist, and which is, a you know, a sect of Christianity that eats a particular way, that's different. But for the average person, when they go on a diet, it's because they're either trying to lose weight or they're trying to gain weight or they're trying to... You know, do something specific, and it's it's not necessarily part of their moral compass. Well, they're doing, you're going to fail long term. Do, most people that do any diet, and yeah, you, know, you did you use veganism, but let's, you can you can use any any diet. They get on the diet for the wrong per, for the wrong reason. Mm. When they start the diet, it's uh, their their idea is is they're, they're already going in with the wrong mentality. It's unfortunate, but it's true. A majority of people. I mean, mm-hmm. there's all exceptions to the rule, of course. But for the most part, you know, at least in my experience, you know, the tons of clients we've trained, yeah. when they when they go into a diet, it's like it's this crash course, you know, goal they have. And it's not like no one rarely ever did I ever get somebody who says, you know, I'm eating this way uh, because this is how I'm trying well, to find what's best for my body. Even if it's yeah, health based, it, typically it's, it's playing catch up because they found out some news that they went and got 
checked up at the doctor and, you know, they, they found out they're deficient in, in something and that's contributing to, you know, some autoimmune disease or, you know, they have something going on internally that they're now paying for. And, and now this is the this is the the ultimate motivation to to now all of a sudden be attracted to Dude, healthy. Even options. that, even that. Think of all the people that you personally know, okay, who went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, uh, this artery is you know almost all fully blocked. We have to put a stint in here, or somebody you know who had a heart attack, or somebody you know who's a smoker. And how many of those people actually did the things necessary to yeah. make themselves better? It's still not a fucking good percentage at all. Just in watch fa- that morbidly obese show in where f- all they have to do is you know lose a specific amount and they can get a surgery. Dude, there's a one of the reasons why doctors don't talk much about changing your diet and lifestyle. One of the reasons it blows uh, my mind. By the way, I just I just had a family member that got diagnosed with cancer literally two days ago. Very and, sorry to hear that. And uh, the first thing that I asked her when I was talking to her, I said, "What did they tell you to do nutritionally?" And she says they didn't, they didn't give me any no. advice. But do, do you, and I think to myself, like, are you fucking? My my aunt yeah. is a like two That's glass crazy. two glass a, a week type of like or two glass a night type of wine drinker. And I'm like, dude, we've we've got to get away from. Oh yeah, the wine's got to go. We got to get rid of all this this process carbohydrates. Like I was like, no one's telling you this right now. Like, you know why though? I'll tell you why. Part of the reason why number number one, it's not part of the protocol. But here's number two. I do. I look. I train a lot of doctors, and some of the doctors I trained uh, would make those recommendations, and they tell me they say, Sal, nobody fucking follows it. Nobody. Like I'll sit there and look at someone with high yeah. blood pressure and say, look, you need to lose weight. And I know they're not going to do it. And so I think part of the reason why they don't tell people to change that is because people would rather fucking die, dude. And it's true. Look around. Look, uh, there's a lot of people out there who get heart attacks and, and you know, get, get problems and stuff. And, and it's not out of the blue. It's not like, oh, I was perfectly healthy, lean and whatever. That, I mean, it's that happens too. But more often than not, there's lots of signs, you know what I mean, that they, yeah. that they know. They went to the doctor and they look at their blood work and they got all these signs and diabetes and all these different things. And then something happens. And it's like, why didn't you, why didn't you change uh, you, you know, your lifestyle? Yeah. And I think that, here's the thing. When you're looking at your diet – you know, I use the example of the vegans that do it for moral reasons and how they have a good uh, track record. And I think there's something to be learned about that, okay? When you're, going, when you're starting to learn your body and read the signals and you're starting to connect the dots in terms of what foods actually are doing for you other than weight gain and weight loss and how they make you feel, and what ends up happening is you, de- you, you develop a different relationship that becomes kind of a moral code. Now, I'm not saying it needs to become your religion. What I am saying, though, is when you go into it that way, when you go to, to, to you know, eat these foods that are quote-unquote bad for you, you'll find that you'll be less motivated to eat them. They're not necessarily that appealing to you anymore. And so you got to look at that. If you want to change the way you eat long-term, you have to change the way you view how you eat. Does well, that make it's sense? Like, it's like excessive partying. You know, It's like, am I going to go out every single night, get fucked up, and like have the greatest time ever like every single day? Mm. You know, like yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people can pull it off, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know why? Cause you sold it. Yeah. Am I going to have a great like, time? Oh, every day? Be, <laughs> you, I was just looking at that. Are you going to be, where the fuck is he going with this analogy? Right? <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> you have nothing left in the in, in the cum well, yeah, tank. You, you got to make sure he stands like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, know you can't just be like, hey, do you want to have yeah. a great time? Every yeah, day? that's yeah. what I was like. I'm like, like do you okay. want to? This sounds like fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I do, actually. I could, I could do this. I Damn wish. it. No, you guys <laughs> missed the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's bad for you. No, I'm yeah. saying it's excessive. I'm just saying, like, yes, it's great to enjoy you know, certain things, cakes and, and whatever, whatever the fuck floats your boat. But at the same time, you got to be realistic at, well, how am I going to feel about this? You know, what is this going to do to my, you know, my work schedule? What's this going to do to my relationships with people from always, you know, partying my ass off? Dude, well, well, let me give you an example. Okay. When I say you got to change the way you view food, uh, growing up for most of my life, I hated fish, hated it. I just didn't like the taste. There was no fish that I would eat. And then as I got older, I learned that tuna in a can had lots of protein, and I would eat tuna. never liked the taste, but I definitely forced myself to eat it because it had protein. Fast forward to, I don't know, maybe two or th- maybe three or four years ago, and I'm really starting to change the way I view the way I eat, and I'm starting to learn really about the benefits of fish, and I'm starting to experiment with it, and I'm starting to notice that when I eat fish, I have less inflammation, and my digestion is good, and I just feel good overall, and I'm, I'm changing the way I view the food. My relationship is changing with food. My motivation started changing. And what I started finding is I started enjoying fish. My taste, it's almost like my, my preference for the taste of the food changed because I had uh, changed the way I looked at it. And that's what I mean. Like, Do you if- know this is my theory on how people start to like sushi? Oh. <laughs> what you're explaining right now is my theory on yeah. what, because like I, I give the analogy with uh, sushi as an acquired taste. Like, well, I had sashimi with you, and I've never even had that, before. And, and it was good, right? Yeah. So, and you, and so I think a lot of people when the first time you, which I, I, I mean, if anybody in here the, remembers the first time that you tried uh, sushi, and you might not have been a fan. I remember the very first time I had, I was like grossed out by it. I was like, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about this. But then time and time after time of like starting with rolls and trying a little bit and you start to notice like how you feel like I ever, I've never had a sushi meal and feel awful afterwards. Like I feel great. Like I, I never feel lethargic. I never feel like even if I, yes. even if I overdo it a little bit and stub myself, like within minutes it passes and it's not like the same feeling I get when I eat like this heavy carb French fried type of like meal and so i think people indirect part of the the sushi crave or why people love it or that process is what you're explaining right now is you naturally kind of change your relationship with it because you keep trying it you know it's healthy for you and you start you start to realize that like i do feel good most of the time whenever i do eat this i do notice more pleasant and they don't even notice that's happening but it it is when you think about that's what i mean when you change the way you view uh food then you can start to uh your, it doesn't become a diet anymore in the sense that it's not something you do to, for a particular goal. It's just something you do. It's just, this is just the way I eat now. Um, and your adherence to it is, and your consistency goes through the roof. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many clients I've had who I've worked with for years who hated vegetables, couldn't stand vegetables. Oh, I was And after like two that. years, yeah. like, I was, I was like they fucking like love them now. Yeah, I was, Were you I, like that? Oh, yeah. I, I hated vegetables. Getting my, I was definitely the guy who used to take the green supplements and do all those things and, but the the more I started to, to notice that, man, when I made an, a conscious effort to incorporate it into my diet, I noticed how much better I felt. Then that took me to the next level, which was starting to experiment with them and seasoning them differently and yeah. preparing them differently. That, that's what got me. Hooked. And combining yeah. them with your foods. When I when I started to put all that together, now I have a now I'll crave it. I don't know. I mean, that's and that's the big joke with me, right? I made that way back when in one of our podcasts when I told you the guys made fun of me. Uh, when I was talking to the other bodybuilder guys about salads, like I like crave <laughs> and love salads. And it's like, 
they talk shit to me like it's like foo foo for me to like a salad. And I'm like, you fucking moron. Like, I couldn't wait for the day that I actually craved a, hel- a good, huge, nutritious green salad that's loaded. It makes all- it a lot easier to eat uh, healthy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where you, that's the goal. That's where you want to go. So uh, yeah. diets fail because they don't do that. No. Diets tell you what you eat, what you don't eat, lose this much weight. And yeah. then, you, you know, once you hit your goal, you're off the diet. And then what? Yeah. Gilbert Lee J. Why are there so many IFBB pros that neglect deadlifts? <laughs> hey, I have to, I have to say this though. I've been seeing that change a lot more. I've been seeing some of these guys, and you know it's funny. I see him because it's harder. Yeah, it is hard, right? Yeah, you I see, hate that, but it's so true. That. Yeah, it's a harder exercise. Well, it's hard. With. It's harder, and they've been told that they they shouldn't do it. So it's a combination. It makes it easy to... And yeah, excuse, they justify it because some some knucklehead out there said it wasn't. Yeah. It, well, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 hard. Because let's be honest. They'll make your waist big. There's some, we're talking about the IFBB level right now. So these are all pros. Most of these guys work out, train fucking hard. I mean, yeah. for the matter of fact, most of them train harder than they need to. You know, the, so let's not, let's not take away that it's not a lack of that. It's literally that it is a, a hard movement to get good at. And they've been told that it's... It's, it's going to make their back uh, or their waist grow, and so then they stay away from it. It's easy to stay away. But now you start – I feel like you're It starting- also doesn't give you the pump in one particular area. It's not an isolation movement. It involves lots of body parts. And if today's back day and I already worked out my legs, well, deadlifts kind of do both. So what day you know, am I going to put it on back day and do that? And mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit that whole Shit, you say pump, I, my The greatest yeah. back pump I've ever had in my life is doing a deadlift and then going over to some isolation moves yeah. right afterwards. Man, you if you chase the pump and that's why you stay away from deadlifts, fuck. Go do some deadlifts mm-hmm. and then go over and do some lat pull down, seat a row or one of your other isolation type of movements. And go do that and see how your back feels after that. Oh, yeah. oh man, you get the most massive pump ever from well, that. Well, it's got to be the the definitions that have changed over the years as far as like what is being presented with your physique. Like what is the most desirable from the judges and like this like little like thin waist is so desired for some reason. Well, I think that I think that's yeah. even that is I think it's less that. And I think you're you were kind of on the right track by making the comment about hard, but I don't think hard's the word. Because that sounds like it's because it's too heavy, or they, they're not like you to just push. exhaust the rest of their well, workout. Is it's all a, I'm saying. it's a it's a skill. It is a skill. Yeah. Dead. What scared me away from deadlifting for so long is just being flat out embarrassed of of doing it. Mm. Like I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. I understand the mechanics of it, and I still, when I first started deadlifting, had shit form. You know, and I understand biomechanics. So, and I know the fear that I had going into the gym and why I kind of strayed away from it. So it does, it takes a. Well, and there was really no place for them for a long time in like your Gold's gyms. And, and then you add that, then you add that. There's no element. platform. It's a, it, to me, it's a combination of all these yeah. things. It's a fear of doing them incorrectly because it's a very skill driven. Deadlifting and squatting is very skill driven. Yeah. And uh, to me, a big part of why I stayed away from it for so long was just fear of looking like an idiot. I'm a trainer. People come to me for advice and I don't want to put myself out there on the floor where everyone, because you know it, you guys all know damn well when you're a trainer and you're in a gym, people stare at you and they watch you work out. They're interested to see what you're doing and I want to feel confident about a movement that I'm doing if I'm doing you know, it. I mean, I just the other day, but here's here's also me. I'm the guy who puts himself out there a lot. I, I'm okay with that. I was fucking doing Turkish get-ups the other day in, in the middle of golds on the floor. Dude. <laughs> Literally rolled them out and just sit right in the fucking center of the room Hell at prime yeah, time at, at 5 o'clock. Yeah. The funny part, though, was... Uh, <laughs> 
I went right over to a 50 pound kettlebell without letting myself warm up on Turkish get up. Boy, that was a mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> that, what a mistake that was. That damn thing damn near came dropped. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. It was so embarrassing. But you fuck, I don't give a fuck. I just yeah. dropped down in the 20s you know, and went and started, off, started and worked my way up. You know what's you know? funny about deadlifts is that uh, I would argue that what's driven the new popularity of deadlifts, and we've talked about how CrossFit's done it a little bit, but you know who deadlifts more than anybody? Women now. Women who lift weights. Oh, for the are, booty. Women who lift weights yeah. are far more consistently mm-hmm. deadlifting than men who lift oh, weights. Oh, I, I think I agree. And it's because they've been sold the whole it builds your butt aspect, which it does. Yeah. It does work the glutes. Um, so you're seeing more women deadlift uh, oh, than, I, than, than well, almost than men now. Let's No, you're right. You're 100% right on that. That's, Isn't that I, funny? You see way yeah. – and you're seeing the shift now. And, and in what gym you're in makes a difference, right? If you're in like a Gold's gym, there's definitely becoming now a, a good even amount of guys and girls that are deadlifting. But you still walk in like a, a family-type gym or a 24-hour fitness type of place – and it's all women deadlifting. You rarely ever see a man deadlifting in a gym like that. If it's uh, if it's primarily your uh-huh. your average Jane or Joe going in there, it's women that have started doing it because they have been told that it, the back of your legs, your butt, that posterior chain area is like this helps develop that, and it's proven too, which is why so many pe- it's caught wind and it keeps going. But you're starting to see men. You're starting to see it creep over. But I think it's the insecurity, just because I know what I struggle with. I know the benefits of it. I'm a trainer and I still, you know, was not a heavy, heavy deadlifter and squatter because a lot of it is the skill set of it. I yeah. don't think I was very good at it and I stayed away from it. Mm. So a lot of these guys, I bet you, you know, you go to do that, like nothing sucks worse too. If you're an IFBB pro, you look all impressive and then you can't even pull 200 pounds. I off think the that's fr- a lot off. what it is. Yeah, too. dude. You know, it's not impressive. Yeah, yeah, man. You don't want you, uh, you don't, you, you want to go hammer strength 300 pounds. You're ready to go yeah, hammer yeah, strength cause, pull. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that looks like you have like some weight on there it's funny how the trends go though because uh you know dead uh, back in the 90s very few bodybuilders did squats barbell squats it was all about the leg press you guys remember that it was a big deal in the 90s everybody yeah. was leg pressing everybody yeah. leg press it's and, it's and, why it's still a trend and now you're seeing more pros squat you're finally starting to see you know pros start to barbell squat i think deadlifts are gonna are coming around as yeah. well you're gonna start seeing more people start to do them but also consider you're dealing with uh people with uh Elite muscle building genetics, uh, the kind of genes that are so rare that these people will probably be more muscular than most of us uh, without working out, you know, compared to those of us who do work out. On top of that, they take lots of drugs to look a certain way, so they, a lot, they also get away with it. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to deadlift to kind of look, you know, big and muscular and impressive. Right. Whereas I'm telling you right now, the average person, if you're not deadlifting, yeah. you're you're missing out on a lot of muscle. Now they are too. They just so happen to build muscle. You know, you know, being able Regardless. to do like a straight arm pull yeah. down with a cable or whatever. But if you're not deadlifting, you're the average person. You are missing out big time. Oh yeah, big time. Mister JBZ, why is losing one to two Jibs. pounds per week the magic number? What's wrong with three plus pounds per week? Where do you think that originally started? Well, I think it comes from there's okay. So there's some truth to it. I think I think it's I think it comes down to the caloric thing. Yeah, I think it comes down to you know re- losing you know three or four pounds a week would require for most average people um, too big of a deficit of a mm-hmm. caloric deficit. I mean, if you're eating you know, 900 calories a day to lose three pounds a week, that's probably not a position you want to put yourself in. Number one, it's really, really small amount of food that's hard to do consistently. Number two, you're, you've cut your calories at such a rapid rate that you're, you're really promoting adaptive thermogenesis uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the direction you don't want it to go. In other words, your, your metabolic rate starts to slow down and, you know, to compensate, and then you're going to get stuck with metabolic damage. 
Your body may lose muscle because it's trying to slow down its metabolism as well. And you don't want to do that because that takes away from, you know, your ability to burn body fat. But if you're super obese, if you're really, really obese, if you're, you know, 100 pounds overweight, you could easily lose yeah. more than three pounds a week. Well, That's this, not a problem. This is not hard to do. This is where I like to use like analogies that we use a lot and build off that analogy so you can see how it applies in so many different ways with the science. Like, so it, it's like we always talk about your your fitness, your health and fitness or weight loss journey is a marathon and not a sprint. You technically could come out on the, uh, this race, even though it's a, let's say it's a 100 miler, you could technically come out and sprint out the gates you yeah. could lose 10 pounds in the first week and you wouldn't die from that or wouldn't be like crazy unhealthy but it's probably not a smart strategy mm-hmm. for if your if your main goal is 100 miles nobody would do that in fact keeping a good speed or a good average speed whatever that percentage is of that person uh, uh consistently the entire time would be a far better strategy than sprinting your ass yeah. off right out the gates. And so. I think they're talking a lot about, you know, the averages with this as far as like yeah. Sal, Sal kind of mentioned a bit with like if you're like obese and like you have a lot of weight to lose, you know, it is initially like you're going to get a it's going to be very easy, almost like barely even trying and you're losing a lot of weight. So, you know, it, there's definitely a scale for that where you're kind of uh, you're adapting to a new set and, and you might lose weight quickly. And then now, now, I, now I've come more adapted to that process, and now I have to kind of interrupt that, and you know, maybe feed myself mm-hmm. a bit more and my activity, and adjust everything accordingly. Yeah, I mean, you, you see that with people who get like gastric bypass and stuff. You know, if you're if you're 100 pounds overweight, you may be consuming 5,000 calories a day uh, to be that overweight, four or 5,000 calories a day. Well, now you're consuming 1,500 calories a day. That's a pretty big deficit. You're going to lose a decent amount of weight uh, per week. And 1,500 calories for the average sedentary, you know, uh, obese individual is not a massive, massive cut. Now, that's not how I would do it. I don't recommend right, it that exactly. way. Exactly. No, that but would be a smart strategy. It's not a long term. It's not yeah. a long term strategy, but you would lose more than, you know, definitely more than three pounds a week. I think the numbers kind it's its general number, uh, but don't you don't have to necessarily stick to it, you know. Um, one strategy I've used with clients in the past was where I'd have them lose you know, more, more weight one week and then I'd have a maintain another week or even gain a little bit one week. I like to keep people, I don't like to have people lose weight super consistently in the, in the sense that they're at the same exact deficit every single day. Mm. My belief is that leads to, uh, you know, a little bit of adaptive, you know, where your body starts to adapt. Well, this goes to back to why we talk so much about the, you know, mini bulks and cuts, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, none yeah. of us recommend, uh, you know, recommend someone to do that. We, we think that you should, you be constantly, even if your primary goal is still, I, I have a hundred pounds to lose. Yeah. I still, if I was coaching you through that process, we would have weeks of surplus. Yeah. I would actually I would be worried if you're losing it too fast. Yeah. For sure. And that, and I think that's the, so when we used to use this number as trainers, because we use this number, this was, I, I definitely know this came out of my mouth more than once in my career. And when, when I use it, I'm, I'm thinking like telling someone that, so they, they get the point across that, we don't want you to drop a ton of weight right away, mm-hmm. even though your goal is a hundred. Yeah. And if all of a sudden I gave you a ten pound weight loss in that first week, in your mind, I don't want you to be excited about that. That's not the goal right now. So I think it's more of giving uh, clients and giving people an idea of like we really don't want more than that. In fact, one to two pounds, you know, you could say that's a lot. A, that's a lot. Yeah, two pounds of, uh, of fat. Most of the time, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, it most is. clients, uh, I tell them I don't want to see any weight loss. In fact, I if especially if I especially 
if I'm introducing you to like maps where you've never trained, you've never had someone program design for you and actually teach you like, we're going to be building muscle. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to be building muscle. So I'm not even worried about if I'm losing weight and I'm building muscle, I'm, I know I'm having a harder time. I'm having a harder time, whether if I was just not concerned about the losing weight and let's, let's build some good muscle and clean up your diet and eat better and build your metabolism. Like I care more about the metabolism than I care about the, the weight going down. We want to, yeah, you want to make it so that the weight loss comes off. It stays off that you've got this new mm-hmm. you know the way you eat is changed uh, you, you know your, your metabolic rate is faster because that's more conducive towards you know remaining lean especially in a sedentary lifestyle or the sedentary lifestyle that we live in as modern humans um, you want to be able to be more fit in the long term this is why we our programs are as long as they are I mean when you follow a, a, a maps program it's 12 weeks typically 12 to 14 16 weeks and why the most successful program that we have is the you know, we call the RGB bundle, which is nine months of exercise programming. And we've seen some pretty amazing transformations. There's actually, what was it? Was it yesterday, the day before where people are posting their, their the before and after? Yeah. And there was some people that were posting some that they've done. Yeah, over somebody the, over, was, who was it that started that? I don't know. Was it Blake? I, I thought I saw someone giving Blake credit for starting way it? back. He started a way back Wednesday or something, yeah. and uh, then it just went nuts. Everybody, I was, well, was some so, of them are amazing. It was they, very they, cool to see everybody. Yeah, so they're amazing. It's what inspired me to do mine. I just yeah, why I posted they, mine exactly. And they took years. Some of them yeah. took years, but there were some people that were saying, "Oh, this was at the beginning of when I first started doing maps, and now I've done, you know, I've run maps through three cycles, and it's amazing to see the transformation." But you can tell it's a real solid, you know, long term type transformation, not this quick you know uh transformation where their their met- metabolic rate is damaged and you know they're going to bounce back and mm-hmm. i get lots of messages from people now you know in, in that regard as well by the way you know now that we've done those episodes on changing relationship to food and all that stuff i've had people message me and saying man I, you know I, I did a bikini competition and you know i'm 50 pounds uh, overweight now and it just it threw me off because i went so hard and so fast to make my competition that I can't, you know, they say get back on the wagon type of deal. So, yeah, when you're losing weight, um, you know, keep it slow, consistent. Well, I have I, some weeks where you maintain. I even want to I, I want to reiterate this because I this was something you're talking about the transformation. You just reminded me of this. And this was something that I remember talking about on my YouTube video uh, and stressing this that I don't care if your goal is only five to ten pounds of losing weight or it's a hundred pounds. At the very beginning, it really shouldn't be the goal. It really, you really should be trying to hone in this whole nutrition thing and totally. feeding yeah. yourself properly. Like it's you want fueling your new movement. Yeah, and, and think of it like it's like you're you are a race car and you're you're wanting to go fucking get after this race. But before you do that, you want to you want to tighten the screws, man. You want to build the right engine. You want to have the right tires for what kind of race you're running. You want to you want to tweak all that stuff first before you really try and get after it. and what while you'll find out while you're tweaking all you're doing is you're just you're building this super strong fast car and it's going to run for you whether what instead of just jumping right into it and trying to get to this race and, and you're like shit i haven't even really i didn't spend the time to tighten this down or even figure out what kind of fuel i should be putting in, in it like figure all that stuff out and get that honed in because the weight is going to come like the trust me if you are somebody who is sedentary or you weren't training correctly and you're eating poorly and you are not you're not aware of what you were consuming just you becoming aware following a good program like pro real programming like shit trust me you're going to be changing like at this point you want to be able to feed the body a lot of good nutrient dense foods and get the metabolism working for you excellent message you can find all those programs at mindpumpmedia.com also don't forget to leave us a five star rating and review on itunes if we like your review and we pick it you'll win a free 
Mind Pump t-shirt. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. At the motherfucking Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.